Glad we get to hang out together. God said it. This is the word of God. Genesis to Revelation. It's all God's word. It's not just that merely you hear some people will say things like this contains the word of God. That's No, it's all God's word. Uh, and so we're reading it. Genesis to Revelation beginning to end throughout this year. Uh, and so I invite you to be a part of that. Uh, if you if you just now getting started, you got a lot of catching up to do, but it's okay because we have finally made it to Numbers. We did Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and now today we're in Numbers, and uh, that's where we're going to be. God has given us His Word. He spoke everything we see and know into creation, into existence. He spoke creation. Uh, he He has given us His written Word. Uh, he has given us his living word in Christ. And so all that ancient words, all of that applies. And so so when we say God said it, it's something we need to pay attention to. It's something we need to hear. And, and really just sort of, you see in Ezekiel where he says he ate the scroll and it, it was tasted like honey. You know, we, we need to ingest the word of God. All right. And so that's what the message is about our messages are all about in 2022 so i'm excited as we make our way through it's kind of fun so if you're not doing it uh you'll get it uh on sundays as we make our way through whatever the reading for today was which happened to be numbers five and six so i took the passage for today's message out of number six and 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 it fits and so uh, it's going to be fun as we do this all year long and kind of make our way through through the bible all righty, pray with me, all right? God, we thank you for today. Uh, thank you, God, that we get to hang out again today and, and worship and sing, and thank you for meeting with us in this place. And, and God, we want to hear your voice this morning. We want to know that which you're calling us to and understand, God, that, that you're always calling us deeper and deeper and deeper that we might understand and know you better. God, Jesus prayed for us when he said that uh, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. God, we just want to get to know you better today. Get a better glimpse of who you are. That we might understand, God, better what you're doing in us and who we are. So God, help us to to walk towards you today in your word. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty, Numbers chapter 6. This is one of those passages that um, verses 1 through 8, here we go. You ready? says, The Lord instructed Moses... Speak to the Israelites and tell them, when a man or woman makes a special vow, a Nazarite vow, to consecrate himself to the Lord, he is to abstain from wine and beer. He must not drink vinegar made from wine or from beer. Or from, yeah, or from beer. He must not drink any grape juice or eat fresh grapes or raisins. They're taking it real, this, this, is, this is more than Baptist right here, y'all. Okay, just say, I'm sorry, I can say that because that's how, he is not to eat anything produced by the grapevine from seeds to skin during the period of his consecration. Verse 5, you must not cut his hair throughout the time of his vow of consecration. He may be holy until the time is completed during which he consecrates himself to the Lord. He is to let his hair, let the hair of his head grow long He must not go near a dead body during the time he consecrates himself to the Lord. He is not to defile himself for his father or mother or his brother or sister when they die. While the mark of consecration to his God is on his head, he is holy to the Lord 
during the time of consecration. Now, this is this is one of those I've been saying. If you're you're also getting, if you get the gathering in the Word daily devotional, we're also just making our way through Scripture, and I choose a passage in the chapters that are assigned for that day. And as we've been making our way from Exodus into Leviticus and now into Numbers, and we realize that that there's a lot of detail in here. There's a lot of things in here that we go, okay. You know, we understand. I mean, you see it over and over again. God told Moses. God spoke to Moses. <clears throat> right here it says, the Lord instructed Moses. We see God giving instruction for specific things and, and, and defining some things for, for God's people. Now, remember, uh, we started with Adam and Eve, and, and then we had first family failures, right? Uh, and then we went to the, the Noah and, 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 and big failures, and then Noah makes it. And then we got Abraham, and God is establishes the covenant of blessing that Abraham and his family will be blessed and they will be a blessing to all and then Abraham's family as as Jacob and Israel uh, they go into Egypt as 70 people and they come out millions and so he goes from two people to a whole people a bunch of people and now God is shaping the nation for the the entrance into the promised land to go into the land of Canaan and and he is shaping the nation and he's creating a national identity for them what we've got to realize is that the people that they've been hanging out with in Egypt you know they got caught up in some of that Egyptian worship stuff and the idolatry. And, and, and that's why when they're out there at Mount Sinai and get all scared because Moses is up on the mountain with God, they decide to make a calf to worship. You know, this is part of what they've been influenced by in Egypt. Can I just go ahead and make a parallel right there? The world that we live in worships a lot of stuff. The world we live in worships, I'll go ahead and say, all the wrong stuff. Okay, uh, when we as the body of Christ, when we as followers of God get influenced by the idolatry that's in the world around us. Now, you know, in our world we're going to be saying, you know, well, I, I don't see anybody's golden calves around their house or in their yard. Well, the truth is, is that ultimately the, the greatest idolatry of the day and it really goes all the way back to the garden, is simply the worship of ourselves. I can do what I want to do. I can act the way I want to act. I can live the way I want to live. I can love what I want and who I want to love. I can do anything I want to. That's self-worship, folks. That's idolatry. I can just act any way I want to act. Nobody, and I remember I've told y'all the story. My little sister, she's three, she might be watching this morning. I didn't see it come up on Facebook yet. But anyway, uh, three and a half years younger than me, I remember when she told me one time, you're not the boss of me. I was like, yeah, but I'm bigger than you, right? Bigger's boss was my, when, as I was growing up. And then I was the smallest kid in my class. So anyway, Point is, 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 is we are a, a the, 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 this, this nature within us doesn't want to submit or bow to any authority. We want to be our own gods, okay? That was the sin of the garden. The autonomy standing before the tree and going, I can be like God, right? So when we look at God's people coming out of Egypt, he is shaping them to be different. 
from everything they've been, from everything that they're going to encounter as they march into Canaan. They're going to march into a lot of idolatry, a lot of pagan practices, a lot of corruption. And, and so, so God is establishing, first of all, a national identity, a, a people group that will be a nation out of which all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that's the pointing to Jesus who would be born, you know, uh, in, in a manger. And, and that's the blessing. So right here, what, what does this have to do with? I titled today's message, Consecration. Now, when I hear that word, I always think concentration. It's not the same word. Consecration. All right? What does it mean to consecrate? Because this is what he says. Speak to the Israelites and tell them, when a man or woman makes a special vow, a Nazarite vow, to consecrate himself to the Lord. What does it mean to consecrate himself to the Lord? Now, first of all, we've got to deal with this thing about this Nazarite vow because uh, our greatest examples of a Nazarite vow in Scripture are Samson, right? Oh, long-haired Samson. He was my hero growing up. I had, I had long hair in the 70s. Uh, and then Samuel. Samuel was also devoted, consecrated to God by Samson's mother devoted him to the Lord. Uh, uh, Samuel's mother, Hannah, devoted him to the Lord. Those are the two Old Testament best examples we see of what is referred to in the, in the Hebrew people as a Nazarite vow. Now, why is it called Nazarite vow? We think it's because they're from Nazareth. No, uh, the idea of Nazar, N-A-Z-A-R, right? It means to consecrate, to separate, to, 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 to set apart for a purpose, right? So when we start to consider these words, this, this idea of consecration is to make or declare something holy or something as devoted to the Lord, okay? So when God says to us, be holy, or if we go to King James, because sometimes I digress, be ye holy, for I the Lord am holy, right? We see this idea that God is holy. And if you're watching the uh, Bible Project little devotionals, it's kind of funny because when they show the holiness of God and somebody gets too close, just, and the little cartoon character just falls over, pink, right? You know, and, and so this idea of God's holiness, his purity, his perfection, and, 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 and the presence of that holiness is, is completely incompatible, but I'll go ahead and say it, it cannot, the very holiness of God cannot permit, you know, the unrighteousness or the unholiness or the impurity of sin anywhere in its presence that's why when he set up the holy of holy or the most holy place in the tabernacle he says Aaron you can't come in just any old time you want to because that's where I dwell so I've got a question everybody ready for Valentine's Day already bought all your candies and flowers and stuffs right you know, you, you, you can, you can uh, take the pressure off if you just, like, go out to eat on, on like, two days before, like Angie and I did last night. <laughs> we went out last night. So, hey, Valentine's is done, right? All right, so let me ask you a question. Have you ever asked specifically for a gift from family, loved one, husband, wife, something, and say, here's what I want. 
And they went, okay, and completely ignored what you asked for. Raise your hand. Yes, yeah, see? You know, here's what I want. And then, and then they go, okay, but I'm going to get you this. And then when you open it, you go, huh, right? <clears throat> what is it that we give to God? So I said, this is what we want to consider this morning with this idea of the Nazarite vow, the dedication, the consecration, the devotion, the, 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 the separation unto God. What has God asked us for? Holiness. What do we give him? Attendance. God, here, I gave you an hour on Sunday morning. <laughs> I, I gave you, I signed that card. I'm a member. Uh, here, I'll write you a check, God. Or here's the one that is, is pop culture forever. I'm good enough. I'm better than, Right? That's not what God's asked for. And I'm not saying that holiness is a performance. What we've got to understand is, is that we've devoted, we've been devoted, we've been sacrificed for God. And so what is it that God's asked us for? Has he asked us for our checkbooks? No. Well, yeah, but no. Has he asked for our, our uh, uh, checklists? No, he's asked for us to be devoted to him. To put him first. Not second, not third, not 15th. God has asked us to put him first. See? So as I was looking at this thing, this, this idea of the Hebrew word nazar is, is to separate or to consecrate. And, and you got Samson in his, in, in, in his uncut hair, you know, long hair. And, and guess what? Everything about Samson's life doesn't look very devoted, right? Samson was just, I mean, the only thing he did was not cut his hair. I think he grew up in the 60s and 70s too. You see what I mean? I mean, I mean, he just didn't cut. And, and so the secret of his strength was not specifically the hair. It's that the hair was the picture. It was the symbol of his devoted, devotion to God, that his, his mother had given him to God. And, 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 and the, the hair, the long hair was seen in the culture as that crown of righteousness, that crown of devotion. So here's the question that, that, that we're going to ask ourselves this morning because I, I, I've been in, in ministry for a long time. Nobody's ever come up to me and said, Pastor Bobby, I'd like to take a Nazarite vow. And I hadn't seen it yet. Nobody's ever said that to me. I have had people walk up to me and say, Bobby, I want to give up such and such. And I go pray. Or they say, Bobby, I want to give more of this or more of that or more of myself to serve God. I said, pray. You see? Because, because so much of our lives are occupied by, by the world around us. The agenda that's out there. Oh, man, the kind of conversations people want to engage me in now. Uh, and, and I just, I, okay, I try not to be rude. 
But people start talking about something, and I just go glassy-eyed, just look at them, and when they pause, I go, uh-huh. Because so much of the conversation in the world around us right now, I don't even want to be a part of. I, I don't want to engage in it. First of all, I don't like to argue. I will, if pressed. Don't like to. You see? And so I just kind of step back from it, and I'll just smile. You know, some of you, well, Will, you know, that's what I'll do, right? Will tell you, he said, you know, get, get into it. I'll go, thank you. Uh-huh, right? But think about it. Where, what? I don't, all of us are different. How do you devote yourself to God? God has asked for your devotion. How do you do it? Now, quite honestly, it might be in attendance and worship. <clears throat> it's been interesting to me. Gary's one of them, a couple of other folks. They'll show up at 8.10 on Sunday morning and don't leave till 12.30 after the last one. Why? They just like being in worship. You know? What does your worship look like? What does your devotion to God look like? When God says, I want you, how do you give you to God? Okay? I mean, that's the question. Can I just go ahead and tell y'all something profound? Hmm? My relationship with Angie is different than your relationship with your wife or husband. Y'all know that? You know why? Because we're different. We're married. I wear my ring. Right? I remember when I got married, there was a guy that was working in our youth group, and, and, and he actually said this. I've told this story before, and it's appalling, but I'm going to tell it anyway. He said, did you get it? Did you get your ring loose enough so it can slide off in your pocket? I just looked at him. I went, what? Right? I didn't even know you'd think something like that. No, I can't even get it off unless I spit on my knuckle. See, I'm devoted to her. You see that? I'm devoted. What do I do to, to show my devotion to her? She needs to understand that I'm devoted to her. Guess what? Everybody who sees me married to her needs to know that I'm devoted to her. See what I mean? Everybody that comes in contact with me needs to know that I am devoted to her. Right? Guess what? More than that, everybody who sees my life needs to know I'm devoted to God. That I am set apart as His possession. He owns me. He paid for me. He bought me. See that? So, so <clears throat> in as much as I can surrender who I am to God, I must pursue holiness. The world's going to give you all kind of options, right? The world out there is going to try to lead you this way or lead you that way. Things like this will entertain you. This will please you. This will satisfy you. This will, this, this, this will strike a chord with what you're feeling inside, Right? I've told y'all the story of the jet skis. You know, growing up, I, jet skis came out when I was a kid. 
right? And I mean, I'm not talking about these wave runner things. It's like riding around on a motorcycle on the water. I'm talking about a for real jet ski where the handle came up and you stood there. And man, you could bounce that thing and dive that thing under the water. You could do all kinds of stuff with a jet ski. And I wanted one so bad. And my daddy said, no. And I felt deprived. So I used to make the joke that one day I'm going to be rich. So when my kids ask for a jet ski, I can get it for them. That was it, man. That, that, how about that for a life goal? What do you aspire to, Bobby? Jet skis. Right? No, see, see, the point is, is that when the world is offering us enticement to self-service and self-pleasure and self worship we've got to choose no got to choose i'm not serving myself i'm not worshiping myself i don't make choices in life to please myself and i'm not talking about me I'm talking about all of us guess what i ate a steak last night that was very pleasing happy valentine's day to me okay just so you know but you see, my point is, is that when the world is saying run here and run there and grab this and grab that and do that and do that, God is saying no. God is saying choose me. Live righteousness. Live holiness. And why? Because to be God's own possession is the greatest blessing that we can have. Now, I remember as a kid, oh, you mean if you're a Christian, you can't do this and you can't do that. Yeah, but think of all the things I got because I belong to God. You see? The things that God's given me. I have a joy. Yesterday, I coming out of Sam's Club with 10 cases of water so y'all have some drink this morning. And the guy said, how are you doing today? I said, Fabulous. And he went, that's the best I've heard today. I'm thinking, like this guy's standing at the door scanning everybody's stuff at the Sam's Club, right? And he asked everybody, because it's sort of probably protocol, how are you doing today? And the best he had heard all day was somebody said, fabulous. He said, and he looked at me, he said, he said, that's the best I've heard today. I said, well, good. He said, if it's true. I looked at him, I said, well, why wouldn't it be true? Right? I mean, I ended up keeping the line because I'm, I'm going to have this conversation with this dude. Right? God has blessed us. Do we face hardship? Sure we do. Do we encounter struggles? Absolutely. But guess what? I belong to God and life is good. Life is fabulous. God has taken me as his own. I don't know that my mom devoted me as a Nazarite before I was born, right? But it's interesting that the process of my life, God's allowed me to be his. And you know what? Sam's Club or not, it's fabulous, right? That guy just looked at me like I was lying. Oh, no! 
You can go ask all them people that show up on Sunday mornings. I'm going to give them the same answer too. Right? All right, so consider to Nazar, and this is the point of the message, to Nazar, because Nazar or Nazir is a verb which means to separate or to consecrate. Okay? I want you to think about this in the context of the world around us. Because as God's people, as God's kids, as God's possession, we have been separated from the world. You know how we end up back in the world? Because we go stepping in it. And I know that creates an image in your mind. Consecration to make or declare sacred. Sacred means to be devoted to God. You see? To separate means to not be a part of. And I wrote this down because this is, this is so confusing. You ready? To be not like the world is to be separate from the world. Holiness. When you hear the word holy, what do you think of? Hymn number one? Everybody grew up with holy, holy, holy is the number one. Yeah, me too. Right. right. Holy, holy, holy. I remember singing it as a kid. And and really as a kid not having a a full and complete understanding of, of what the holiness of God is about. The perfection of our creator, God. See that? Purity. Do we understand purity? You know, it's funny, I did a thing with youth group one time and, and, and I took a bottle of water and I was able to get the top off of it without it popping those little things, you know, where, you know it's new when you go, and it goes around the edge. So I got the lid off and, and, and I dissolved a bunch of salt in the water. And I put the lid back on, right? And only, I had like three or four bottles up there. I had youth that were, they, they were volunteers. I loved being a youth minister. They were volunteers. And I had four bottles of water in front of them, right? I said, everybody pick up the bottle of water in front of you. <clears throat> and they picked it up. I said, read it. And so they'd look at it. They'd say, purified water. My friend at the golf course says that means it was sewage at one point. But anyway, purified water. Okay? I said, all right. Now, <clears throat> do you trust... <clears throat> that bottle. And they were like, well, yeah. I said, all right, so do you trust the water in the bottle? And they said, yeah. I said, do you trust me? And they went, <clears throat> no. <laughs> so, so I told them, I said, all right, open your bottles and drink the water. And so three of them were fine. Glug, 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 glug. That, that one with all the salt in it went, <clears throat> Why? It wasn't pure. Did it look the same as the other? Sure, it looked the same as the other because salt dissolves. Right? Looks like all the rest. But it was impure. It was corrupted. The Bible word for it is defiled. Now, one of the big references in the Nazarite vow has to do with death and dead. Okay? Don't come close to a dead person. Even if your mama, daddy, brother, or sister dies, don't get close to them. If you're devoted to God as a Nazarite. 
Also, some other references. If you're reading through, you're going to see the thing about uh, what defiles. All right, so what is our challenge? What's the point of this message? What is it God wants from us? Okay. Inasmuch as it is up to you, you choose holiness. You choose righteousness. You consecrate yourself unto the Lord. Okay? Guess what? I'm looking at a room full of imperfect people. I'm looking at a room full of... I'm looking at me too. I'm looking at impurity. Right? And yet, each day... Once a day good enough? Well, this was once a life. A Nazarite vow, uh, in, in, in the strictest terms of the Old Testament law, was a lifetime devotion. But by the time we get to the New Testament, it was a 30-day thing. To be devoted to God for 30 days, let your hair grow for 30 days, and, and at the end of 30 days, you cut your hair and make an offering to the, to the temple. That's what Paul did in Acts when we were making our way through Acts. And he did it with four other guys, right, to try to appease the crowd in a way. People asked me questions about that when I was writing through Acts for the gathering in the Word. So, so here's the challenge, y'all. Is it once a day, once a life, once a month? Folks, moment by moment, moment by moment, we devote ourselves to God. Okay? <clears throat> it all starts with Jesus. I'm all, I always finish the message this way. It always starts with Jesus. See, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus more than you need anything else. I don't even care what you've asked for for Valentine's. Oh, it, I got to ask this because it made me laugh this morning. Have y'all seen Carl and Patricia's shirts? Patricia's shirt says, I have everything I need. Is that all it says? I have everything I need. Carl's shirt says, I'm everything. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love those shirts. Angie should get those. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> moment by moment. Moment by moment, everything that we are, all that we have, everything that we can be, we devote it to God. Jesus gave his life for us. He shed his blood that our sins and imperfections and impurities could be cleansed. See? He became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So in as much as it's up to me, God expects me to choose righteousness. Okay? If you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus. Okay? Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you again, God, that, that you have given us everything in this life that we could need or want. God, you've given us a satisfaction that the world can't give us. You've given us a, a f just fulfillment that the world uh, doesn't even know. God, you've given us life. And 
God, I just pray that we would run after you, that we'd pursue you, that we'd seek you in everything that we do. God, we live in a world where everybody's making excuses. Well, it's just the way I am. It's my genetics. It's because of the way I grew up. It's because of the way I've been treated. It's just because of what I look like. And yet, God, you've redeemed us and offered redemption for everyone. So God, help us to be that light, that salt, that example of what it means to be devoted to God. God, thank you for numbers and the message of numbers that God, you are, you are shaping your people into a nation for your purpose. God, shape us into your people for your purpose. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.